Would you all stand and worship with us?
happy morning. Jesus, to thee be all glory given. Word of the Father now in flesh appearing. There's incredible truth in those words. It's, it's, it's a clear reference to the deity of Christ. And I'm not going to spend time in John 1, though I would love to. Uh, the, the emphasis on the reality of who Christ is in terms of his deity is so fundamentally important but i will say this much if the baby born in bethlehem wasn't god come in the flesh we don't have the possibility of salvation he was the sinless one the messiah sent from god to redeem mankind it wasn't cute or cuddly or sweet or any of the other things that we associate with babies being born all those little ones that were uh, born in recent months that we had the families dedicated a couple of weeks ago. It was, it was clean and it was uh, sweet and it was sanitized and it was all those good things, even temperature controlled. It was none of those things when Jesus came. It, it was smelly and unsanitary and it was completely inappropriate for the birth of a king. for that reason most people missed the significance of it they just completely escaped them except for a group of guys who were astronomers maybe even astrologers from the east maybe from Bethlehem they're referred to as magi or wise men they saw an unusual cosmic phenomenon take place and they connected it with something significant happening in the birth of a king and perhaps prophecies, perhaps that had been passed down generations, right? From when the children of Israel were captives in Babylon. I don't know where they would have gotten all of this connection, but here's what they did. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who had been born king of the Jews? So, of course, naturally, they went to Jerusalem, thinking it's the capital of the kingdom. Surely he would be born there. But when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, <laughs> and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I may come and worship him too. Even Herod knew what should happen to the Messiah who had come. He should be worshiped. So they did. They did exactly that. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. 
When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Incredible event that we celebrate every year at Christmas, the coming of the king. So incredible that angels came as a choir and announced it to shepherds. Why shepherds? I, I think at least it's in part. I mean, these poor guys are working third shift, right? Dealing with those nasty, smelly sheep. Do you ever wonder if it was because they would be the least offended by the environment into which the Savior had come? That wouldn't bother them to be in a stable. They lived with that smell. That wasn't any big deal to them. They showed up and they could see past the environment and see there lay a king. Incredible opportunity. Without recognizing the reality of who Jesus actually was, the king of kings, the Lord of heaven and earth, the word of the father appearing in flesh, Christmas really would just be pretty lights and cool decorations and maybe some family time. As we sing about the angels' announcement now, as we think, sing together about these angels coming and making this announcement, let's remember, they came to proclaim the birth of Jesus, the one who would change everything, the one who would be the savior of all who would put their hope in him. Do you all stand and sing with us?
can have a seat. Philippians 2, verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. In being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Glories now we sing. 
we celebrate the birth of Christ this Christmas season, let us also remember that Jesus Christ came to die. The Apostle John records for us in his 19th chapter the final words of Christ prior to his death on the cross. John 19, 28 through 30 in the English Standard Version says this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. So this morning, I'd like us to consider that phrase, it is finished. What does this mean for us as believers? What was accomplished in the death of Christ? The phrase, it is finished, comes from a single Greek word, tetelestai. Tetelestai can be translated, it is finished, but it was also used as an accounting term, which means paid in full. This word was used in the perfect tense, which in the Greek language means that it not only describes something that was accomplished, but something that will have an ongoing effect. So when Jesus said, it is finished, he's not only saying it is finished in that moment, but it will continue to be finished forever. It's not just what was accomplished in the moment, but it is an everlasting reality. Charles Spurgeon said this about the word to die. He said, an ocean of meaning in a drop of language, a mere drop, 
It would need all other words that were ever spoken or ever can be spoken to explain this one word. It is altogether immeasurable. It is high. I cannot attain it. It is deep. I cannot fathom it. It is finished. It's the most charming note in all of Calvary's music. The fire has passed upon the lamb. He has borne the whole of the wrath that was due to his people. This is the royal dish of the feast of love. Prophet Isaiah prophesied approximately 700 years before the birth of Christ in Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. The New Testament writers tell us these things concerning the death of Christ. In 1 Peter 3, 18, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. The death of Christ made it possible for us to be brought to God. It is finished. Galatians 3, 13 and 14, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So we've been freed from the curse of law because Christ became a curse and that curse was put to death. This is what makes it possible for us as Gentiles, meaning non-ethnic Jews, to share in the promise of Abraham, to become spiritual children of Israel and to receive the spirit of God. It is finished. Second Corinthians 5:21. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Christ became sin, my sin, your sin, and the sins of all of his people. And the wrath of God was emptied upon him. This made it possible for us to be righteous in the the sight of God. It is finished. Colossians 2, 13 through 15, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. The death of Christ provided for us forgiveness for all of our trespasses. We were dead, but we have been made alive. Our debts have been paid in full. They've been nailed to the cross. It is finished, church. I want to leave you with one final thought. This is also from Charles Spurgeon. Christ has said, it is finished, and we must cease to work too, not only with our hands, but with our souls, working no more for life, for that is given, working no more for justification, for that is concluded, but today resting in Christ, for it is finished. There is nothing for God to do, it is finished. There is nothing for you to do. It is finished. Christ need not bleed. It is finished. You need not weep. It is finished. God, the Holy Spirit, need not delay because of your unworthiness, nor need you delay because of your helplessness. It is finished. Every stumbling block is rolled out of the road. Every gate is open. The bars of brass are broken. The gates of iron are burst asunder. It is finished. Come and welcome. Come and welcome. Please stand.
But church, we know the story doesn't end there. I see the stone is rolled away. Behold the empty have a seat for just a moment. Well, another Christmas time has come, and you know, usually this time of year, when we think about Jesus, we think of the cute little baby Jesus, you know, swaddled, wrapped in the swaddling cloths, I couldn't say that right, and he's in a manger, and he's surrounded by cute little animals, and, and we love the manger scenes, and, and we love to see all of that. But if that's the only image that we get when we think about Jesus, we can start to have a really distorted picture of who he is. You know, earlier in our service, Pastor David already talked about the fact that Jesus is the God-man, God in human flesh who came to this earth to rescue us. And Brian just finished talking to us about what Jesus came to do, which is to die on the cross, to pay the penalty for our sins so that it is truly finished for us. And we just got done singing about the glorious resurrection of Christ, how three days later he rose from the dead victorious, never to die again. But where is Jesus now? What is Jesus doing right now, right here, this Sunday morning, this minute? Well, I can tell you that he's not a cute little baby anymore. He's also not a helpless victim bleeding and hanging on a cross. You see, the book of Revelation actually gives us this powerful picture of the risen and exalted Christ in chapter 1. The Apostle John had come to the end of his life, and he had been exiled to an island called Patmos as punishment for preaching the gospel. But while he was there, Jesus revealed himself to John, and he showed him who he was, and this is the vision that was passed on to us. Need my iPad. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and a golden sash on his chest. The hairs of his head were white like wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was shining like the sun in its full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Man, that's an incredible vision of the Lord Jesus Christ, how he is now. 
He's no longer dead, but he is risen and exalted as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I just want to give you three brief, brief thoughts on this passage. The first is this, that Jesus is victorious over death. Jesus was dead, but he is alive forevermore, never to die again. Second, Jesus is the reigning Lord. Just think about the way that John describes him. He has eyes like fire from which nothing can be hidden. His hair is is white and his feet are like bronze. I think that symbolizes purity and power. Out of his mouth comes a sharp two-edged sword, which we know from other parts of scripture is the word of God. By his word, he judges the nations. And listen to this. He was so magnificent. His face was shining like the sun so much that one of his best friends, do y'all know that the apostle John was one of Jesus's best friends during his earthly ministry? At just one glimpse at Jesus, he fell at his feet as though he was dead because his full glory was now unveiled that was veiled during his incarnation. Jesus came the first time in humility. We sang about the humble king who came, but he will come again in glory and in power. And finally, Jesus Christ is our living hope. Because he is risen from the dead, we have confidence that one day he will bring us from the dead with him, and we will live and reign with him forevermore if we have trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior. Jesus is our living hope. So church, let's spend the last few minutes of our service this morning singing the gospel and worshiping Jesus Christ, the one who is worthy, the one who is our living hope, the one who is alive now and forevermore. He is worthy of all honor and glory and blessing and power forevermore. And let's give our lives to spread his name and fame to the ends of the earth. Would you stand and sing with us? Thank you. 
Let's conclude our service this morning by singing about how Jesus Christ, the one who came to dwell among us, the one who paid for our sins, and the one who rose from the dead is worthy. Sing this with me. We feel the world is broken. We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? Do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? Do you wish that you could see it all made new? Sing is all creation grown. Is all creation groaning? Is a new creation coming? It is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst. Is it good that we remind ourselves of the green. 
bless you all. Have a wonderful week and a Merry Christmas season.